A quick hello and we get to go. Welcome to the show, Mark Trapigan. Little, little jazz hands is appropriate. Yeah, oh, right, yeah, sorry, I didn't do the jazz hands, yeah. <laughs> That's my favorite part of the show, other than the rest of it, when you tell me everything that you know. Uh, I just realized when I say that's my favorite part of the show, that was a terrible thing to say, very bad okay, stuff. So every, the show. Everything I know will be done in about 10 minutes then, so that's good for me <laughs> quick. I'm going to get back to work. No, this is going to be awesome. Right. At the start of the show, I always show brand SERPs, and I looked you up in New Zealand, UK, and USA, and your brand SERP is incredibly stable. There aren't very many Mark Traphagans around, which makes it a very stable one. With those Twitter boxes and the image boxes, the image boxes actually don't change. You've got a very, very stable set of images. And what I noticed is in America, there is one other guy called Mark Traphagan, and he's a lawyer, and he yeah. gets one place. You can see over there on the right-hand side, poor guy. He gets one little place. And for some reason... In New Zealand, your Instagram account ranks, and in uh, the UK, it's your Pinterest account kind of sneaks in at the bottom. That's weird. So, I, haven't, I haven't used Pinterest actively for, like, years, so that's really weird. All right. Well, the English are kind of just way behind on the rest of the world, <laughs> and I can say that as an English person. And, and then I got curious and looked up SEO Clarity, uh, and I looked it up in the CaliCube Knowledge Graph tool, and it comes up with a company called Actonia Incorporated, and I was going to yeah. wonder who Actonia is, went to their site. Well, so I went through to the knowledge panel. This is what I call knowledge panel hopping. And it's just mm -hmm. leaping around and seeing what the connections are in Google's brain. And come to their site. They haven't updated their blog since 2014. That's seven years. And the connection is that they use SEO Clarity, and they have a link to SEO Clarity on their page. But I couldn't actually find very much more than that. No, the so reason Google's make Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, I can clear the mystery if you want. <laughs> oh, right. Yes, yes. Go ahead. Mystery. <laughs> yeah. I actually have uh, an internal knowledge graph that has the answer to this. Uh, <laughs> so um, Actonia is our is our parent company. That's actually the company I work for. My paychecks come from Antonia, uh, Actonia. Um, oh. It was the agency that Middle Gandhi and uh, Kalpesh, our founders, uh, found, found as an agency. They started as an SEO agency developed SEO, what is SEO Clarity, as their own tool to use for their clients. And the tool got better than anything they were doing for the clients. So they uh, they switched over you know, about 12 years ago to developing SEO Clarity as a uh, as a platform, SEO platform uh, at the enterprise level. So Actonia so, is, our, is our actual company. So kind of what's interesting there is from the outside, it looks like this kind of slightly weird link that doesn't really make sense. But in fact, Google has... Nailed it. I, I suspect it just doesn't know why it's nailed it yet. Yeah. It hasn't figured out that parent-child kind of well, relationship. We never, you know, we never talk about Actoni in public. There's no reason to. We do, you know, it's just uh, it, it's really just our holding company or whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it. It's our you know, parent company. But Actonia doesn't do anything these days other than own SEO clarity. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. It doesn't even update its blog. But then yeah. now you're here, that's going to change because you're the content guy. Yeah, the, I heard I want to make clear that the SEO SEOclarity.net blog is extremely active. Uh <laughs> Brilliant. And, and a lot of great content. So that's where you should be looking for us, not not in Actonia. Yeah, I had a quick look and and, and you're doing loads of stuff. You were doing what about SERP features the other day? Uh, I can't remember the, the numbers were 1,200 of something and 25% of something else. Yeah, it's actually, uh, we've updated that number since. So uh, what you're referring to, Jason, is we uh, we track the number of individual SERP features that show up. And that right. can be anything from, you know, very visible things like featured snippets or people also ask down to little tiny alterations of what we consider the classic 
result, you know, the blue link with the, so, you know, review stars or, you know, internal mm -hmm. all these little things that happen. We now have identified over 1800 wow. individual types of features that Google adds to search results. Now, the vast majority of those are only show up in very uh, particular circumstances or particular queries, uh, or they're very small. Um, but uh, a sizable number of them, I think it's about eight, 500 to 800 of them show up in about 2% of queries. So there's a, the, the news is there's a lot of new things in the SERPs that, you know, beside those 10 blue links and the two line descriptions that vie yeah. for space now these days. A phenomenal number. I mean, kind of uh, roast. We're, we are roast with Paige Hobart. We're, we're doing a study, and they were identifying kind of the big chunks, like the, the, the different types. You're now going and saying, actually, now we've got different templates. Bill Swalowski was talking about templates in knowledge panels. So what Google must be doing is having these templates that they give the machine, and then the machine starts thinking, oh, I think I'll add this little bit because that might be interesting. So do you think that's what we're looking at, or, or, or is it all human-built? Uh, yeah, no, I think you're you're onto it with the, the template idea, and they're constantly testing and shifting. I mean, a great example of that, very visible, recently has been we had yet another one of those big dips in featured snippets or answer yeah. boxes. Uh, and this one, you know, some some trackers are saying was a historic dip in terms of how low they went. Mm. The number of queries that show a featured snippet went way down uh, back in mid-February. But now most of our results are showing that they're they're back almost to or to what they were before. And that's a common occurrence. If you look back historically, now this was a very big dip, but still it happens again and again. And uh, recently John Mueller has uh, gone on record saying like, that's just normal. Like what we're doing is we're constantly testing where does this feature have value for users? And sometimes we shuffle it up. Sometimes we pull it back a little bit to see what happens. And then we, you know, put them in. But when they come back, they might look a little different or they might be on different queries. Um, for example, mm -hmm. my friend Lily Ray uh, observed that in many cases, uh, some featured snippets which she was tracking that went away in February have come back. But now they've come back as double featured snippets, which is wow. something relatively recent where, where Google will show results from two different sites in the same featured snippet. So they're just constantly testing what works for the user. Right. And in this case, they just pulled the rug out from everybody's feet and then pushed the rug back under their feet. The message there is don't panic when you see that happen because yeah. it's <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean like, look at the bigger picture is the first thing to look at when you're doing triaging. You know, if you lose something like, let's say you have a featured snippet that's been really great for you, it's been driving traffic, and then one day it disappears. It, you know, in some cases it could be because somebody else gave a better answer and Google said like, we're going to show them now. Um, but if the featured snippet altogether disappears, then you want to look at the bigger picture and say like, you know, are the tools out there saying there's been a there's been a dip because it could be something like this? It wasn't basically what John Mueller said is like, you know, it was it was us, not you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, you didn't necessarily do anything wrong. It was just like we're shifting up the the deck now and saying like, let's try this, you know, this set of results and see how that works for people. Right. Um, it's always going to be that way. I mean, and as you say, kind of when when you lose something personally to a competitor that's one thing when google actually pulls the whole rug out that's another thing yeah. um, one thing i do get a lot is clients the few clients i do have absolutely freaking out and panicking and um i always feel like they're kind of blaming me i mean it might just be my personality but i take it terribly personally and i don't know really what to do it's just saying google are testing and it never seems to me to be a solid enough answer 
Yeah. Uh, you know, well, that's now we're delving into the areas of human nature. Uh, right. oh, you know, <laughs> people, people want a face to blame, you know, and you're the face right in front of them. Google's a faceless entity. So, you know, yeah, that's, uh, uh, that's a common thing. It's we get it from the other side, you know, as a, um, as a platform, as a tool provider, mm. uh, you know, people will, will blame the tool for the results that they're getting sometimes, or, you know, have a, that same kind of, uh, that same kind of panic, but, uh, right. we just try to point them back to the data and say, you know, here's the bigger picture. Here's the steps you should take to truly investigate this. You know, let's get past who's to blame. Let's see what's actually happening here. All right. This sounds like talking to kids, basically. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so if you comment. <laughs> uh, kind of that actually brings us into the thing about data. I mean, I, I get excited about data. You get excited about, about data, but sometimes perhaps there's just too much data, not enough insights. And as I think you're going to say, not enough action. And, and you get bogged down in the data. And you're saying that with all these kind of, you're saying insight platforms versus SEO data platforms. Can you explain that difference to me first? Yeah, it's something that we are obsessive about at SEO Clarity, and it's one of the reasons why I'm so proud and happy to represent SEO Clarity because it's just it's you know it's the whole attitude um, there. So, data is you know a commodity, um, and there are a lot of tools out there that can provide you with the raw data. Whether you're looking for mm -hmm. ranking data or you know keyword research data, um, traffic estimates, you know all these kind of things that just are de rigueur for uh, for SEO platforms, SEO tools, mm. um, you know, that's not hard to get, uh, and you can provide it. And sometimes that's what people want and you feed that to them. But <clears throat> our obsession at SEO clarity has been to go beyond that. Uh, and it really is a shift in attitude at our, at our company, you yeah. know, frankly, like a few years ago, um, like a lot of SaaS platforms, you know, our obsession was people using our platform. Right. And that's, that's how we measured success. You know, how much are people using and why right. aren't they using this part. And we've shifted that significantly internally from um, what is our measure of success? It's our, it's our client success. It's our user's success. Are they being successful at SEO? Are they achieving the business goals that they're Ooh. doing SEO for? And that's not an insignificant attitude. So what that's in our innovation, in our technology, yeah, we still provide you know, the best possible data, we provide more of it than anyone else, you know, it's all there under the hood. But our obsession has been with providing a, uh, a platform that provides, as you said, insights that lead to action. So going beyond just yeah. providing the data to what does this mean? How do you prioritize it? What do you do because of this data? And, and that's, that's what we're, the tools that we're building today are all oriented around that. Right. I'd just like to clarify um, one thing is I didn't actually say, well, I did say it, but I didn't. It wasn't me who initially said it, uh, insights leading to action. I just read it off the screen from your blurb that you wrote for me. So <laughs> credit where credit is due. I was just reading off the screen. But I'm developing CaliCube Pro as a, as a SaaS platform. And one thing that struck me is I can give them all the data I want and it makes all the sense in the world to me. And I can say, oh, I can see in this data, you should do that, 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 that. And it would lead to this result. And everyone just looks at me completely blankly, well, completely blankly. And what they need and what they want is, here's what the data means to you specifically. Yes. Here's what you need to do. And here's the prioritized list of what you need to do. And that's what you guys are doing. 
Yeah. So, I mean, our front line, there's a lot of things we're doing, you know, that are more uh, maybe sexy and subtle than this, but our, but our front line, the one that I'm extremely excited about, we introduced last fall is called actionable insights. And that's right. It's, it's all there in the name, right? Perfect, <laughs> we put it yeah. all together. And it's, um, I hope that for many of our users, it's becoming the portal to our platform. It's like where they should go first, even before going to dashboards, reports, or anything else, you know, ranking reports, whatever. Because what actionable insights does is it uses um, AI technology to look at well over 150 individual insights about your site, about your traffic, your performance. Um, you know, we concentrate on what we call three areas, which are uh, usability. That's everything technical about your site. Um, authority, obviously, you know, is uh, things mm-hmm. like links and things like that. And then uh, relevance, which is content and, and how well your content matches up with what Google wants to show to searches. So Actionable Insights covers all three of those areas. And it not only, you know, alarms when uh, it sees something either can be a, a, a you know, a, a problem, a potential problem, or it can be an opportunity. Uh, mm. But it also uh, explains to you why that is. And every single one of those insights we've vetted, they are either tested by us, tested by our clients, or from reliable information from sources such as Google. Uh, you know, Google has definitely said, like, this is a thing that will affect your site. Then <clears throat> we provide the information of why uh, mm-hmm. that's important. We provide a suggested priority prioritization level for that. We give you full information on what to do about it, what action to take. That goes into an integrated task management system. So the you know you can assign it to somebody, the department to take right. care of this. They go on it. They get a brief about here's what the problem is, here's where it is, here's what I do to fix it. Um, and one thing kind of with that whole kind of what to do thing, I mean, I've, I've, I use a lot of these platforms from time to time. I used SE ranking the other day. They've got a really nice kind of system where they've got these explanation texts that you can show. And I think all of these sites have that little bit. Uh, SEMrush have one as well mm-hmm. that I find kind of really useful in the sense that the number of reports that I have seen, I mean, that's the thing as well. The few clients I do have, what they do is they pull this report out of the drawer and it's about this fat. And they say, well, I got this paid. 5,000 euros or whatever for it. I've never looked at it because I don't understand what it's talking about. Um, There are two problems, one of which is the report is too fat. Mm -hmm. The second of which is the report doesn't actually just tell you what to do. It gives you all the numbers, and everyone thinks that's incredibly impressive in our industry. Not everybody, obviously. I'm exaggerating. But... um, and so come from a geeky point of view, you go, look at all this data, isn't it interesting? And we forget that our customers, the people actually trying to do something with their site, don't know what it means, don't know what the insights are, and don't know what the actions to take are. Um, and do you think the entire industry is moving that way, that everybody's starting to kind of get the idea that we need to provide insights and actionable, well, actionable insights? Sorry, I'm coming back to your name again. Uh, I would hope so. Uh, I, you know, I mean, honestly think that we're out in front of it. Um, yep. what I see, and I keep track of what our, our competition is doing and, you know, everybody can say they have something like this, you know, I don't know everybody, but you know, a lot of the tool providers mm-hmm. have, a uh, can, you know, give you a list of issues, like you said, or, you know, the basic raw data, you know, I think we're taking a step beyond this. Um, if, you know, if you took a demo of actionable insights, you'd see that it, uh, it's really like having a 24 seven. SEO analyst on staff who is just doing nothing, who never sleeps and is looking at who not only, not only knows how to identify the issues and can trigger them and alarm them, but has the experience behind them to 
no, uh, this is this is the most important ones in this order, uh, and this is what we should do about them. So, so we're all going to be out of a job. <laughs> well, no, somebody still needs to do the work. <laughs> <laughs> but the, here's the thing, like that, you know, really, and because most of our clients are enterprise level, um, you know, they're the scale is huge, and the demands on them are huge. So the mm-hmm. challenge for them always is minimizing that time going from data, as we said, to, you know, to insights, to action. And the, the lag that, especially when you're talking out of, you know, a site with millions of pages, um, the lag has always been, you get the data and then the time that it takes to do the proper analysis, to boil it down to what matters, what, you know, what do I want to uh, look Oh, we've lost you your sound, I'm afraid. I'm not sure where that's coming from, if it's the connection. We can still see you, so you must still have a connection, but we've lost the sound completely. Um, in which case, you can. I still can't hear you. Can you not hear yourself either? Oh, no. My lucky charm, Anton isn't here. And as soon as Anton isn't here, everything goes horribly wrong. Sometimes it's my video connection. Uh, and today I'm, it's I'm back. I'm Mark's back. sound. Brilliant. So yeah. Anton must have just tuned in because when Anton tunes in, me. everything sorts itself out. So I, I have a tendency to, um, to uh, I've got to change my setup here because um, I have my mic is a USB mic. And right. I have a tendency to reach over and then hit it with hit the connection with my hand and, and loosen it. So that's what happens. So all right, because you're waving your hands around like something. yeah, I, I talk like I, I basically the 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 technical fix for this is I need to tie my hands to my desk when I'm around doing a live show. Right. Okay. Um, so uh, trying to go back to to where I was when I when I cut myself off. Um, it, it's so, getting the, this massive data and actually saying, what do I need to do? And give that job to somebody and that job is clear. One of the big problems I yeah. have is you say, I've got all these 301s and 404s. Can I just give it to somebody as a list to say, go to that page and correct all of these links? Yeah. And the answer is, it's actually quite difficult to just yeah. pull that information out of any tool. Yeah. So what we wanted to do is like we saw, you know, we we talked to our clients, we observed how they work, we, we listened to their pain points. And we saw at the enterprise level where the lag was for, for working at the scale that oh, they have right. to work at was between like, the, they can see the data, they get the data. And then it's the amount of time it takes to analyze that data to decide, you know, where's the separate the signal from the noise and decide what's, you know, what's priority, what, what really mm-hmm. is an issue that needs to be fixed first. What we're trying to do with actionable insights is eliminate that gap, like take that away so that you can move straight to, these are the things we need to do. Here's how we need to do it. And then the second problem that we're looking to solve is, again, at the enterprise level, you're talking, you know, sometimes now about an SEO team. It's not just one yeah. person working on. And often that team will be made up of more junior members who are expected to do the work, but they don't have the experience behind them. So we wanted to make it as easy as possible to say, you know, once the the senior has looked at the actual insights report, they've accepted, you know, these are the priorities it's saying. I like those. I think that's right. Um, you know, they click it into the, the task manager, they assign it to one of their junior people, everything they need, it's a whole brief, everything is there about the issue and exactly what they need to do to fix it. And then within our own system, it tracks like if that, you know, cause we're constantly monitoring these things. Every time you open actual insights, it's real time. It goes through your entire crawl. It goes through every, your content, your link, everything 
to analyze it in real time. So it's an, it's we know if it's been fixed and we check it off. Your oh, right. Because I was, I was thinking the other way around. Is there not a problem that you go in expecting to see a task that you haven't yet completed and the task has disappeared? But then if that's the case, it's that the task is no longer necessary. Right, exactly. Yeah, we, so you don't even have to do, you know, remember to check it off or anything like that, you know, it'll show is done because we can see it was done. Right. So we're trying to, you know, integrate that. We're also now moving into integrations with the, the kinds of um, task management systems that our uh, clients are using, such as, you know, Asana and Jira. Uh, we're building integrations for those so that, uh, you know, you can, you can oh. seamlessly move those tasks right over to the thing that you're, is because some of them you're going to have to engage your IT department, you know, your content yeah. department. So to be able to manage those well. On a, on a kind of philosophical level, kind of what appears to have happened is, I mean, I remember the days when we used to have like pages and we would count words in them and create lots of pages and you do it all manually. Um, and then all this data turned up, as it were, like well, from one day to the next, it just appeared in all these tools. <laughs> and as you say, it became very quickly, very overwhelming. And as uh, agencies and experts, we had to actually kind of try and boil it all down in our heads and say, here's what you need to do. And the next logical step, you're right, is that the machines can do that for us. And that actual analysis becomes redundant because the machines can do it because it's all fairly mechanical, which basically just leaves us to build content. Yes. And, you know, that's such a great point. The other thing is that you've got to think about for uh, an enterprise SEO again, you know, what, what are they evaluated in their annual evaluation or whenever they're evaluated? Mm. You know, what, what increases their paycheck? It's not how much analysis they did. Nobody cares. Nobody in the C-suite looks like, you know, you know, oh, you did tons of analysis. You know, we're going to reward you for that. It's results at the end of the day, right? It's like how many, um, you know, how much more traffic? I mean, ultimately for mm. SEO, it's going to be how much more traffic did you drive the site through organic search? So that's why it's so critical you know, for the SEO to eliminate as much of the grunt work as we can of analysis, hmm. you know, let us do that. Let us grind through that so that you get to the actual action that leads to the gold stars on your record that, um, that people look at. Again, yeah. it's back to that change in attitude. I just want to say quickly, you know, that's your yeah. clarity is that our change in attitude has been like moving from like people being successful at our platform. We don't care about that anymore. We want you to be successful at SEO. If we make you a star within your organization, then our platform has been a success for you. Yeah, I love that. I mean, kind of that brings to mind two things. One of the things, one thing I never understood until reasonably recently is that I need, if I want to keep a client happy, I actually need to keep the person opposite me happy and help them keep the person opposite them happy and so on and yeah. so forth. And obviously, need to keep the person above or opposite them. And it's mm -hmm. this kind of chain reaction where you're saying, in order to keep this client, I need to keep that person moving forward in the eyes of the person behind them and the person behind them and so on and so forth. And the second one is you just talked about pulling in traffic. And what we're now looking at more and more, I feel, is what you, you said earlier on about SEO clarity is the measurement of success of the platform is not how many times people log in. It's what success they have. And then we need to be able to measure that success. And that success needs to be success in their eyes. Yeah. I mean, that's so important to us that we actually change the way that we evaluate our uh, client success managers, the people who work directly with our clients, you know, it used to be on platform usage, you know, how much, how much of their clients using the platform, right? It's totally switched over now to the actual success of the client. Like we are evaluating them on the same things that the client is getting evaluated on by their superiors. So, you know, the end of the day, like if you're a client success manager with SEO clarity, are your clients over the course of the year 
getting more traffic to their sites because they've used SEO clarity and you've helped them to use it better. Uh, so, you know, that whole mindset, it's, it's a whole corporate mindset. Like we're behind our success is your success. That's a slogan that everybody has, right? But it's become our heartbeat and what drives everything we do. You know, like we don't do innovations anymore for, you know, I don't know if we ever did, but we don't do innovations for innovation's sake, you know, just to be sexier, flashier, like this would be a cool thing to do. But we ask before anything new we do, is this, what will this do? Or will this do anything to make our clients more successful at SEO? Do, That's going to be the you, driver. And do you ask your clients if they think it will be successful? But are they the best judges if you do? The question is, like, as a client, oh, I think, oh, that might be really cool or that might be really helpful. Mm -hmm. And it turns out not to be helpful at all. Yeah, I mean, almost all of our innovation comes from our clients. Um, right. It's always been a policy at SEO Clarity that, you know, basically we say, like, if any two of our clients ask for something and it's possible to do, we'll, we'll build it. What happens um, if they're having a beer at the pub around the corner? Obviously not at the moment. And they get together and they, they both decide to ask for something even though yeah, it's they're, completely they're, useless. You, you know, you're getting into the, the bylaws and the, the, the codices of that <laughs> clause. Like, you know, if, if, if they are both together in a pub and they've had more than two drinks, you know, then it's disqualified. But yeah. Brilliant. Otherwise, Wonderful. Love it. But like we, we've actualized that now too. Like we have a much more involved uh, portal for our clients that are that we're delighted because our clients are really actively using it for uh mm -hmm. it's kind of our own product hunt you know internal product hunt that's that the clients can see that we put up everything we're thinking about doing everything that's been suggested clients can right. upvote um you know can put in feature suggestions can upvote them can interact with them and plus one of the things i've been actively involved in pioneering at seo clarity has been uh, a beta program for every new product or feature we come out with so we get a cohort of clients who say like, yeah, I'd like to, I'd like to try that out and test that. And then we, you know, we interact with them and, and nothing gets introduced to the, the broader client based until it's been through this rigorous beta program and 90% or more of the great things that all of our clients end up loving about anything we do invariably came from that beta group and their feedback to us. So it's, right. it's extremely valuable to us. And, and I mean, this brings to mind kind of in, in the larger sense of the world. I mean, I think kind of I sell, tell my clients an awful lot, why don't you go and ask your clients or ask the salespeople who are talking to your clients or the after salespeople who are mm -hmm. talking to your clients, what are the questions they're asking? What are their problems? And that whole kind of FAQ section thing is saying, well, why don't you just start answering the questions that everybody's asking all the time? Mm -hmm. And it will have two effects, one of which you will understand your client better. But secondly, they will stop asking the salespeople that question or the after salespeople and save everybody some time. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely the most valuable resource and not just for us, but for any business. You know, if you can mm -hmm. find a way to uh, to listen to your customers and then to get like groups of customers who are actively invested and involved in that, you know, like it's become so precious to me that I actively and, and uh, take the time because, you know, I use in my job, I use a lot of tools and things mm -hmm. that, you know, from other companies. And if I, if I get invested in a tool, it's important to me, then I will get involved in its community if they have one. Right. And, you know, be there to give the feature suggestions and to, uh, say what's working and not working for me. And the tools I love the best are the ones that I know are listening. Uh, and right. so I, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I sounded so surprised, but it's, it's one of those moments you think that's so obvious and I just yeah. hadn't really thought it through. Yeah, but sure. Not, not everybody's doing it for sure, but the ones who are doing it, you know, are getting incredible um, value from it. Yeah. It's, it, it, it should, it's cliche, 
but just because it's cliche doesn't mean everybody's doing it. Like your, your, your customers are definitely your most valuable resource for innovating your product for, you know, figuring out what you should do next. Um, right. and just, just and- listening. So, you know, like we do regular uh, executive business reviews with our, our largest clients. And again, we've shifted that. That's another attitude shift, right? And yeah. I, this can apply to anybody out there. If you work with clients, if you work, if you're an agency, whatever you are, um, I think shifting from when you have an opportunity to do a kind of, you know, dog and pony show before a client, it's your annual review, whatever it is. Um, don't just make it a big PowerPoint pre- presentation with all of, you know, this is what we did. This is, you know, we accomplished. I mean, you got to have that in there, Yeah. but as much as possible, make it a listening situation. So we, you know, shifted like, like we're not happy with an executive business review with a client if we've done more than half the talking. So we build in, you know, points like where we're constantly asking them, like, what are you seeing? What, you know, happened with you? Like we make it as much a listening session and we are listening and we're taking notes during that. And, you know, right. that's, you know, so many, so much of that since we shifted to doing that has resulted in fantastic innovations that are benefiting all of our clients now. Right. I've, I've actually got a technique for that when I'm sitting with clients or, or mm. on webinars and things. I have a piece of uh, uh, this, this delightful book. And I have stop talking written in big letters on it. So as, as things go, I keep glancing at it and say, oh, right, okay, I've got to stop talking. Uh, and it's actually surprisingly effective because it's it's one of those things that you start talking as I've just done now and you go, blah, 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 and you keep talking, keep talking. Then you look down and you think, ah, that's right. I'm actually supposed to be listening and not talking. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you know, I've noticed um, over the past year that uh, when we're doing, uh, you know, practice sessions or prep sessions for a major uh, executive business review or any meeting with a client, if our, you know, founder middle's involved, um, yeah, occasionally like I'll say like, oh, you know, this you should use this detail or use this stat instead of that stat. But 90% of what he's doing during that session is like, okay, blah, 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 fine, fine, fine. When's the last time you asked a question for the client to answer? You know, that, that's the number one thing he wants to hear now in these reviews is like, right. like put in, we actually build in now to these presentations, uh, you know, preset moments to reminders. Like it's, it's, it's the, you know, stop talking. In our notes. <laughs> <laughs> like, where we ask an open-ended question to the client to get them talking, because that's that's really the most valuable moment for us. Right. Okay. Brilliant. So I mean, it's actually kind of if you've got a, a presentation, it's have the stop talking slide in the middle of that, but it doesn't say stop talking. It says start talking because it's addressed to the the people the other people in the room. Yeah. I mean, it's a tip people can use. Is like if you're doing a presentation to somebody, um, you know, whether it's a sales presentation or a client presentation, whatever build it right in there. I put the, put the question on the slide, you know, every once in a while, I'll put a, a question, an open-ended question on the slide. Like what is your, what's been your experience with this or ha- how has that been working for you or you know, mm. something like that, that makes them talk and share their experience. Um, because yeah. know, that's where you're going to get the gold. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I kind of think as, as a, a human race in general, a lot of us have a lot of trouble actually shutting up and listening. Um, and you know, some people, obviously don't have that problem and they are very good listeners, but the salespeople in particular uh, would tend to talk too much. Sorry if anybody out there is offended by that. Um, but, you know, I, I talk way too much, which is why oh, I do this podcast. Good it's good practice for me to let you talk. So uh, r- wrapping up on I mean, kind of what would you like to take, what are the takeaway points? Because I really like the idea of going, I've got all these metrics. I want to get the insights and I want to take it to actions. And other than using the platform, which we've gone through, um, kind of pragmatically, 
what's the approach we should be having? I mean, I, I have an approach is I get dug down into the metrics and then forget to do the rest. Yeah. I think overall the approach that, you know, I would want people to take away in their own work uh, yeah. is, you know, to think of, think at scale all the time. Right. This is what, you know, the biggest learning that I've had to do in the past year being with SEO clarity has been, this is like to think at scale, like uh, what can I do? You know, I, I've found a way to do something. I've found an answer to something. I found a solution to a problem. The next question should always be, how do I scale that? How do I take that to a level where, right. you know, where I can do it at large scale across my whole site, across my whole client base, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're dealing with, because you're not going to be able to level up without doing that. You've always got to be thinking, how can I make that scale? But how can I turn that into a process? How can I automate that? Whatever the solution might be, you know, I think that's so critical today uh, to get anybody that's looking to grow. You know, you're going to hit a ceiling somewhere if you don't learn to think in process thinking, you think in scalable thinking. How can I turn this into something that now I can kind of set and forget and, you know, we'll, 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 we'll build out at a large scale so I can go on to the next higher thing and do the more important work that needs this thing, needs my brain, for those of you who are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, Blaine. That's an amazing conclusion. I mean, I, I think that, that's all very, very quotable. So thank you very much, Mark. Next week, we're going to have Bill Slowski talking about entities and knowledge panels. Luckily, he's feeling better and he's going to be back on. Um, he wrote a couple of articles at the end of last year that I really wanted to talk to him about. And since then, I've written the article in Search Engine Journal about the knowledge graph. He's been talking about knowledge panel templates. I'm getting a bit overexcited about all of this, and I'm sure I will bore everybody senseless with it next week. Thank you very much, Mark. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Mark. It's been wonderful to be here, <laughs> and I'd gladly come again. You would be welcome. Thanks a lot, That's man. Nice. Brilliant.